I always love having Dave Pash on because there's so many different directions mm-hmm. we can go with him, and uh, we get that opportunity right now as Cardinals play-by-play voice, ESPN broadcaster, and host of the Dave Pash podcast. Dave Pash joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, speaking of going in, in different directions, my, my phone has been blowing up the last few days over this Jim Nance popcorn eating story. Is that right? That you guys were discussing. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys realize this. First of all, all play-by-play guys have very odd eating habits, um, but we're also always famished, so we've got to find a way to make sure that we're eating. And I remember going in one time, I was actually eating popcorn before a broadcast, and Marv Albert was doing the TV broadcast. I wanted to say hello to Marv, who I've known for a long time, and he looked at me eating popcorn, and Question me uh, for a while about it because I, I, I guess I never thought about that a kernel could get stuck in your throat. That's exactly what he said. So I stopped eating popcorn since then. So I'm actually surprised that Jim has been able to get away with it for all those years. Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't do dairy before games because dairy can, you know, mess with your voice and uh-huh. you never know how that's going to turn out. You know, Wolf also, you know, Wolf, first of all, has an irrational fear of public restrooms. And he made a big mistake. He made a big mistake one time by eating the stroganoff at uh, the old uh, Raiders Stadium in, in Oakland. There, oh, um, I'll let him tell you that story. But oh, yeah, just, Red- redefining yeah. the term, the black hole. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! That's good stuff. And yeah, that, look, and, and Wolf doesn't really. Get, Wolf, it's all coffee with him all day, every day. That's how you get the no. <laughs> it's all that caffeine. I got to say this before you move on too. fear of public bathrooms is one thing, but it's probably right to have a fear of a public bathroom at the old oh, Oakland yeah. Coliseum. Oh, right. I imagine those yeah. are worse than most, Dave. Well, let's just say without giving away too much information, when Wolf uh, reappeared um, from what he was doing after eating the stroganoff, uh, he ran into Jim Plunkett standing at the sink putting on makeup. <laughs> so you can just imagine the you can just great. imagine the scene of you know the, wow. the stroganoff being disposed of and then Fantastic. you walk out and there's Jim Plunkett oh my putting is, on makeup. This Super Bowl is really, really interesting to me because not that long ago the narrative was the Chiefs have never been more vulnerable and the 49ers were the team that were just hammering everybody, and now it seems like that whole thing is flipped. What do you think is on the line? How do you view this matchup this Sunday? <laughs> it's a good segue, Dan. It's good. Let's get back to real talk here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I to me, this comes down to uh, Steve Wilkes uh, against Patrick Mahomes, and I'll be really curious um, if San Francisco changes some things. They, they, I think it's safe to say, have underachieved defensively. And I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes, we know, is the best quarterback in football right now and and maybe the greatest we've ever seen. Certainly not the most accomplished, that's Brady, but in terms of overall skill set and what he's done so far in his career, he's he's in the conversation. And if if I'm a 49er fan, I'm a little worried just watching the NFC Championship game and and the AFC Championship game based on how Mahomes played. That's what I'm watching is can that defense play better 
uh, especially early. If they get they get in a hole, you know, against this Kansas City team, they're they're not going to be able to come back like they did against Detroit. We had uh, Preston Jones on, who was Brock Purdy's coach at Perry High School, and uh, we did, we kind of ran out of time, so we didn't get a chance to ask him about this whole game manager label that's been attached to Brock Purdy, fairly or not. Uh, I don't think it fits. I, I know you've seen him up close and personal, especially twice this year. What do you think of that and the pressure that's on him as a second-year quarterback going into this game, Dave? I definitely don't see a game manager. Um, and, and for some reason, it, I, I guess people assume it's a negative connotation when you say that you've got great players around him. People always say, well, he's got great players around him. Well, so it doesn't mean he's not a great player. Um, you know, there have been other quarterbacks that had great players around him. I mean, Tom Brady had some championships for you one where he had – you know, elite receivers, but there's also championships he won where he didn't have great players around him. And that at some point may come for Brock Purdy. Um, as guys get older, McCaffrey and Debo and some of the players kittle around him. Uh, but I still think it, it doesn't take away at all from what, you know, Brock's done. He's incredibly talented. I did a bunch of his games at Iowa State. You know, I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody did, obviously. Otherwise, he would have been picked much higher. But I still think he has proven that he's an excellent player. But obviously, you know, all eyes are on him. The spotlight's on him this game. And he can diffuse that narrative by going out and lighting it up, which, you know, I I don't think he will. But that has to do with Kansas City's defense. But I, I expect Purdy to play well and the 49ers to be in the game. All right, locally, um, the Cardinal coaching staff, particularly Jonathan Gannon and his two coordinators, um, they kind of redefined what it meant to go with a youthful staff. Um, their ages, I once called them impossibly young. They held up very, very well um, in retrospect. Now, But I would have never thought that in an offseason of, of coaching change that Bill Belichick wouldn't get a job, that Pete Carroll would be put out to pasture, that Mike Vrabel wouldn't get a job. What is going on in the NFL? What, why Why did, to you, why do you think this youth movement is happening? Do you think it's because teams are not are trying to get away from that authoritarian kind of head coach? Your thoughts on what's going on in the NFL? I think honestly, some of it, and just talking with some decision makers elsewhere, I, I, I think some of it has to do with when you're shaping an organization, um, you, you want your general manager, your head coach, you want everybody, your owner, to all be on the same page. And to all be working together because that's that has been what's worked outside of New England. That that you know with with Belichick, you know not running everything but being being in charge. Um, I, I think if you go and hire Bill Belichick, you're basically you know looking another New England where he's in charge of everything and everybody reports to him. I just feel like that's shifting in the NFL. I think Detroit is a big you know example of that. Um, I think San Francisco is another example of that. And I think there are other franchises that made hires this offseason that are trying to do the same thing. So when you hire Bill Belichick, I think you're, you're going back to kind of the old school way of doing it. And I just think more organizations are trying to get everybody working in unison. It uh, doesn't mean you're always going to agree on everything, but I think that's we're finding what's working. And oftentimes that means you're hiring a coach that's maybe less experienced or hasn't been a head coach before or has limited head coaching experience. Um, and, and that's that's my take on that. I'm not sure if it's right, but that's just kind of how I feel things are heading. Dave Pash, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Of course, Dave also works as an ESPN broadcaster doing NBA games. Trade deadline today. 
I know you've been around the Suns a few times and uh, around the league, and there's so much uh, in terms of questions. What do the Suns need? They've got the big three, but there's been a drop-off. The bench has struggled at times. When when you look at this Suns team, Dave, are, are they currently constructed uh, to win a championship, or do you think they need to add something here at the deadline before 1 o'clock? Well, if you if you say constructed to win a championship, that means you have to, to beat Denver and you have to beat the Clippers, mm-hmm. who I think are the two best teams. And then I guess you'd probably throw Oklahoma City in there the way they're playing. I'm not sure yet on Minnesota. But I, I, no, I don't think they're constructed. I don't think they're good enough to beat those teams right now. But that doesn't mean they can't be. I, yeah. I still think we need more time with Beal, Durant, and Booker together. But I, I think the bench... I, I'm sure you know Frank and James Jones will probably tell you it's been disappointing. I mean, it's not exactly what they thought. Um, so it'll be interesting if something happens there before the end of the deadline. They they get you know they make a move to bolster that bench because uh, they have guys that can make threes and they have some guys that can defend. But do they have a guy that can do both? You know, and as you shorten your rotation in the playoffs, you need that that guy. And I'm not sure they have it. And that, that makes me a little leery about you know them being able to beat Denver or the Clippers. I just saw the Clippers in person this past week. I mean, obviously they lost last night, but they're really good. And, and we know, you know we don't need really to, to spend much time on Denver because as long as Jokic is there, they're going to be in contention. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we started here. We'll end here very quickly. Uh, you mentioned Wolf eating stroganoff. <laughs> what is the most interesting thing other than birthday candles? You've ever seen Bill Walton eat during a broadcast, Dave? So, well, first of all, he will eat <laughs> numerous energy chews and protein bars. Like, you know, the protein bars, you're really only supposed to have like one a day. It's like an unwritten rule <laughs> right. somewhere. Yes. You know, you just don't have too because I don't know that they're, they're all made like organically or naturally. So you're putting, you know, a decent amount of chemicals in your body. Well, he'll, he'll mow down a couple uh, before the game and then at halftime and <laughs> Um, the only person that he's a voracious eater, uh, post game, he only drinks water, hot water a lot. Um, I know that might surprise some that that's all that he consumes, uh, after a game, but that's true. But I, Kevin Harlan to me is still the the greatest post game eater that I've ever been around. I've never seen a person eat as much as he does yet stay so thin. Uh, but the bill is up there. He can, he can put it down. Uh. Good insight today. Great Dave. stuff Love, today. Covered a lot of your, ground. Your, like your range is unparalleled, <laughs> Dave. Would. 